The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Vichol Rahamim Vasilichot Venomar Amen. Daf Yud Giman. Today's Daf is being studied. Lenishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. We are beginning today's Daf on Yud Bet Amud Bet and we start two lines from the bottom. With the words, Rabbi Amar, we continue to be Doresh to Pasuk Ish Yehudi, Hayabi Shushana Bira, the Pasuk calls him Yehudi, and the end of the Pasuk calls him A Yemini. So we try to understand what does the Yehudi mean and what does the Yemini mean. So in the last Rasha we gave, we said that the families were competing against each other, which means the family of Yehuda was saying, I'm responsible for Mordechai. After all, it was my our grandfather David that comes from Yehuda. As a result of not killing Shimei, then we have Mordechai, because Mordechai descended from Shimei. So Yehudi, Yehuda is responsible for Mordechai. Whereas the family of Binyamin said, bottom line, Minaikate, he comes from us. So therefore, we're responsible. So now the Gemara takes it the other way. The Jewish nation said it. To the other way, to the other side, which means to the negative. Reu ma'asali Yehudi, look what the Yehudi did to me. Umashilem li Yemini, and how Yemini, so to speak, paid us, paid me back. Ma'asali Yehudi, what did Yehudi do? They look at le David Shimei. It was David's fault, his fault, because he did not kill Shimei, and therefore, did Yalid mine Mordechai. And what was Mordechai's problem? He provoked Haman. Which is the story never would have happened if Mordechai wouldn't have provoked Haman. If he would have just accepted the Gezerah, you have to bow down, it would have been over. And how did Binyamin, the family of Binyamin, so to speak, pay me back? They also didn't do uh, what they were supposed to. They katle Shaul le'agag. Shaul, I'm like that descended from... Benjamin, he didn't kill Agag in the war. Did Yalid Bene Haman? And what happened? Haman was born as the Mitzrayim of Israel. So therefore, Ish Yehudi, Ish Yemini. Everybody's blaming each other. It's Yehuda's fault. For David not killing Shimei, that we have Mordechai. And everyone says, no, it's, uh, it's Benjamin's fault. It's Shaul's fault for not killing uh, Agag. <clears throat> the Mefashim over here, I'll just read it. Uh, the way they explain, the Maharsha explains over here. Rabbanan Amru Shayazi Maase Tov, the original Pshat. It was a good thing. Mash David Lo Haragat Shimri, Hainu Mishum Sharin, No Lad Menu Mordechai, Shivigil Al Yisrael. Ulahar Miken Yeminishu Mordechai, Shilem Vetiken, Mash Shaul Kilkel. Which is when we say Shilem, Mash Shilem the Yemini on the good side was, look how Mordechai, so to speak, he fixed. He paid back. He fixed what, what Yemini, what Shaul did not do. On the good side, because Shaul did not kill Agag. So who was the tikkun, so to speak? When the guy came along and fixed what Shaul did not do. Mash Shaul kill kill Shlohar Agag. Shere Mordechai garam lemoto shel Haman. Shayam begeza Agag. Vazeh Amar Rava, she'enochen. He says, no. Umishum she David lo tikkin klum b'mash Shlohar Agag Shem'i. First of all, David didn't do anything. If anything, it was uh, against us that he didn't kill Shem'i. Why? So as a result, we got Mordechai. Mordechai provoked uh, Haman, which means, what do I need the favor of Mordechai fixing it? Mordechai was the problem, because Mordechai provoked, provoked him in the first place. And therefore, Mashilimli Yemini, look what Shaul, if Shaul wouldn't have started this in the first place, 
the one in the need of a tikkun, says the Mordechai, says the Yimarsha. Hainu, Shemordechai lost Shilim Vitikin Klum of Ashara Gataman. Shari Ilu Shaul, Haya Oregetagag, Loya Lunad Haman Klal. I can give him credit for something that uh, shouldn't have been in the first place. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, the Olam Ibn Yamin Kate, really he came from Ibn Yamin. It's Ishimini, but am I carrying a Yehudi? Why did he call him Yehudi? Hashem. Because he denounced Abu Dazara. When did he denounce Abu Dazara? By not wanting to bow to Haman. Anybody that denounces Abu Dazara is called a Yehudi. Like the Pasuk says, Came the Jews that are called Yehudain, and the end of the Pasuk tells us over there, uh, and they do not worship Abu Dazara. So you see the Pasuk refers to people that don't worship Abu Dazara as Yehudain. Rabbi Shimon Pazik, he used to open up his Dirashah, when he used to study the book called Devra Yamim, he would say the following introduction, which means all your words are basically one. In the book of Devrah Yamin, there are many different names. A lot of those names are really talking about the same person. So he would introduce Devrah Yamin and say, you know what? Kol Devarecha Echadem. A lot of the words that you write in this Sefer is really one. And the key is that we know how to doresh them to know exactly who these people are. For example, the Ishto HaYehudiyah, his uh, Yehudiyah wife, Okay, it's talking about a, a, a lady. We're going to see it's really referring to Batya Bat Paro, the daughter of Paro, where the Pasuk refers to over here as the Yehudiyah. Yalda, she had the following children. Et Yered, Abigedor, Ve'et Haver, Abisuko, Ve'et Yekutiel, Abizinoah, Ve'el Bene Batya Bat Paro, Asher Lakah Merid. So it tells us in the beginning, first of all, it doesn't give us her name. Shto Yehudiyah. Then it gives us all our children. We have to find out who these people are. And then it tells us these are the do- children of Batya Bat Paro. That's how we know the beginning is talking about Batya Bat Paro. And it says her husband was married. So the Gibraltar is going to analyze now every word. Why did they call Batya Bat Paro Yehudiya? Because she also denounced Abu Dazara Dikhtiv, but Terid Bat Parol in Khutsaday or that day that Bat Parol went down to bathe in the Nile. The bathing over there was like a ritual immersion, it was like a mikveh. She went to purify herself from the Abu Dazara that her father practiced and preached. Now, of course, in those days, there was really not an Indian of Tevilah, Leshem, Giyur, because there was only Shiva Mitzvot B'nai Noah. You don't have to dip in the Mikveh to accept upon yourselves Shiva Mitzvot B'nai Noah. The explanation is, she went to the Mikveh, so to speak, as a um, symbolic cleansing, which is once she left the Tumab Abu Dazara, she, so to speak, bathed herself to start fresh again. And that's why Davka, she chose the Yeor, because the Yeor is where Paro said he created. So that's she when she wanted to purify herself, she went to purify herself in L'Shem Shamayim to negate the approach of a father. So she's called Yehudiyah, based on what we just said, that anybody's kofir on uh, Abu Dazara is called a Yehudi. It says Yalda, it says she bore Moshe. She gave birth to him. We're going to see all those names are referring to Moshe. So it says Yalda. She raised him. She didn't bore him. She raised him. Moshe Rabbeinu was born to Amram and Yochebet. Anybody raises an orphan, a boy or girl in his house, it's as if he bore him. Moshe Rabbeinu was not an orphan, but he's considered like an orphan. Because his parents were not available. His parents abandoned him. Not abandoned him, but were forced to leave him. So it's considered like a Yatov Okay, that's what it means. Moshe. Now we're going to give all the different names in the Pasuk. I was referring to Moshe. The first name is Yered. Because something came down for the Jewish people in his days. Yared came down. What came down? The man. Like we learned in Masikatani that at a time, the man came down in the Zikhut of Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore they call him Yared. Gedor. Gedor literally means the one that fenced, the one that uh, protected, like a Gedor. Shegadar Pitzotehem Shel Yisrael. Because he fenced the holes or the breaches of Yisrael. What does that mean? By giving us the Torah, what is the Torah? Torah is basically a group of fences. 
Don't do this, be careful of that. So by giving us the Torah, he's the one that fenced the breaches of Kla Yisrael. Hever, or Haver, Shehebert Yisrael Avihem Shebashamayim. Hever, why is he called Hever? Because he joined Kla Yisrael to their father in heaven. Again, through his tefillot, he was able to bring and mend the uh, uh, relationship, bring them closer. Sukkot, Sukkot is like a sukkah. Which means he was their protector. Again, through the different uh, times that Moshe Rabbeinu defended Klai Yisrael, and even when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, fought the enemies of Klai Yisrael, for example, when he fought Og, so that's also a protection, and therefore they call him Sukkot, the one that protected us. The Jewish people, they uh, literally they anticipated or they came close to Kadosh Baruch Hu in uh, in his time. Now, what is this referring to? So the Maharsha says over here, this is referring to that every day the Jewish people anticipated the coming of the man. Mm-hmm. The man only came every day. So they had to wait the next day eagerly that the man is going to fall. So Yekuti El. In the Zechut that Moshe Rabbeinu brought the man every day, the Jews anticipated God's meaning his chesed, El is chesed. That's referring to God's benevolence of giving the man every single day. The Gemara continues. Zenawah sheizniyah avonotehem shel Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu was responsible for casting the sins of Klal Yisrael. How's that? I did it to Filah. What did Moshe Borei Olam say? So So therefore, he caused the sins of Bnei Yisrael to be cast into the side. Abi, Abi, Abi. It says the word Abi. Three times in this Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu was called Avi Gedor, he's called Avi Sukkot, and Avi Zinawah. So what's the three Avis? So the Gebarah says, Av Torah, Av Bechokmah, Av Which means, uh, when it says Avi Gedor, that's Av Torah, because he fenced the Jewish people with the laws of the Torah. When it says Avi Sukkot, that's really Av Bechokhmah. Why? Because he knew how to protect Klai Yisrael with his sins after they, by praying. And Avi Zenawah, he knew he was a prophet. That's the father of prophecy. Why? Because he understood the uh, sins of Klai Yisrael and still he still asked for prophecy, which means he had a prophecy so to speak that he knew that even though the Jewish people committed a grave sin, that God will forgive them. Otherwise he, otherwise he wouldn't have started praying. So that shows us he was a prophet. Comes Gavran says, So Batya was married to a fellow called Merit. His name was Kalev. She was married to Kalev in Kalev had something similar with Batya. He also rebelled against what? Against the idea of the Miragelim. He was with Yoshua ben Nun. So we said, but Paro Shemarda, Begidulebetavia, let the rebel, so to speak, marry the one that rebelled as well. Who is that? Batya Batoro, that's what they call Kalev Merid, because he rebelled against the Miragelim. Asher Oglam Mirushalayim. Pasuk says regarding Mordechai, he exiled from Yerushalayim. Amar There was an exile that happened in the times of Yechonia. That was an exile that was done uh, by the uh, king, by Nebuchadnezzar. However, the pasuk says over here that Mordechai came to Babel on his own, uh, to Paras uh, on his own. Why? Because he wanted to raise. Uh, Esther, because he had the uh, uh, he saw that his niece, whatever uh, Esther, became an orphan, and therefore he went to do the uh, mitzvah. But he omenet hadasa, kari la hadasa, ve kari la Esther. She has two names. Sometimes she's called Esther, sometimes she's called hadasa. Tanya Rabbi Meir Omer Esther Shema. Ve'lam nikras Shema hadasa al Shema tzadikim shenikreu hadasim. The tzadikim are called hadasim. Why? Hadas is a uh, very fragrant branch. It smells. It's a good rayah. So to the tzaddikim, the mitzvot gives them a good rayah, so to speak. The mitzvot are like the fragrance of the hadas. Vechin omer, vu omer ben hadasim. That's referring to the tzaddikim. Rabbi Yehuda omer hadasah shemais. No, her real name was hadasah. V'lam nekra shema Esther. Hashem shayam misateret devareha. She was very uh, private. She would conceal her words. 
And that's why she's called Esther Melashon. Esther, we need to lastir, to cover up. She would uh, cover up and not tell her identity to Hasverosh. Why was her name Esther? Esther in Persian is the moon, Estahar. And the Pasuk says in Shira Shirim, Yafa Khalibana. Right, that the moon is uh, is beautiful. So that's how we compliment the lady. So it's beautiful like the moon. So they nicknamed the Esther Belashon Estar. Ben Azai Omer Esther. Lo Aruka Velo Ketsaraita Ella Benonit Kadasa. Esther, she was not tall, she was not short. Ella, she was mediocre, regular size, like a Hadasa, like a Hadas. Just like we saw in Yabara Berachot when Hannah was praying for Shemuel Navi, for a child. So she also made the same uh, prayer that she doesn't want child that stands out. It's too too much of this and too much of that. But it's Muvla bin Anashim. So the same thing Esther was the Gabara saying over here in size and height, she was a Benoni. Esther actually had a green complexion. And that's not a beautiful complexion. That's um that's negative. However, the Chesed Mashuk however what what she had was charm. And the hand and the charm and the grace, that's what why she, everybody found favor in her, she found favor in everybody's eyes. Because of the Chul Shulchais. That's what she was called Hadassah. Hadassah is green. And therefore, Yerakok, she had that green complexion. Ki en la abba'im umot abiyah ve'ima lamali. It says in the Pasuk. Umot abiyah ve'ima. It says her mother and father died. And then the Pasuk also says ki en la abba'im. She had no mother and father. Well, that's repetitious. Right. So the Yerakok says, Amar abaha. At conception, she lost her father. And at birth, her mother died. Which means like this, the repetition is teaching us that she did not have a father and a mother at any point. The repetition, which means a father becomes a father, as she says, at conception. That's when already you can call a father a father. Because he created already. But he did his job, that's already considered that the father's a father. At conception already, the father died. So she didn't have a, a father even for one moment that a father can be called a father. A mother is not called a mother until the baby is born. Because as long as the baby's in the stomach, in the womb, it's called Ubar Yerich Immo. Yerich is still part of the mother's body. She's not called the mother until it comes out. So for the first moment that a mother can be called the mother, she died the mother. So therefore, she never had a mother or a father even for a, even for a moment. And that's why it repeats. The repetition is that the father was lost at conception and the mother was lost at... Uh, a childbirth. So it says, It says, So Mordechai say, adopted, or took uh, Esther as a daughter. He actually or eventually married Esther. Lebat means as a house. He took her as a wife. When Natan and Avi came to David Melech and rebuked him about taking uh, Bathsheba. So Natan and Avi gives David Melech a mashal. What's the mashal? Ulrash in Kol. There was a poor man. He had nothing. Kiim kivsa ahat ketana. All he had was a little sheep. Asher kana. He bought it. And he lived with it. But tigdal emod. It grew up with him. He loved the sheep. Veim banab yachdav mepetot tochel. He ate from his bread, which is the poor guy fed the sheep. Umekosot tashten. He gave him to drink. Ubehekot tashkav. And he actually he slept in the you know next to the kibbutz. Vetehi lo kibat. And he was like a daughter to him. So the Gabriel says, Mishum de kebat. Jeez, that's not a language that used by a daughter, that he slept next to it. Ela kebayit. Ela must be that it was the, the Natan was trying to say that this kebis is like a wife to this rash over That was the Mashant of David Amelech. You took uh, Uriah, Uriah had a, a wife, and you took it just like this uh, uh, sheep over here was taken by the rich man in the story. So continues. So to over here, it, which means when it says lebat, it really is a reference that Mordechai eventually married Esther. Now it says she had seven uh, maid servants that served her. Okay, so the Gemara says. Should we use these seven maidservants to figure out when Shabbat was? And the question is, what does this mean? Uh, she didn't know when Shabbat was? Whatever today is, you count uh, seven days and uh, it's Shabbat. Why did she need seven maidservants to figure it out? So the Mephashim explained like this. She had seven maidservants, but Esther was wise. 
She knew if she's going to keep Shabbat, one out of the seven days, they're all going to know she's Jewish. So what did she do? She took the seven Na'arot and gave them a rotation. You come today, alone. You come tomorrow. So therefore, on Shabbat, only one of the Na'arot would show up. Now, she would see Esther, not doing any melaka, praying, whatever she's doing. So therefore, she wouldn't know that she didn't do that yesterday. She she figures that every day she's doing this over here. So therefore, she has no idea that today's any different than any other day. So when we say the seven uh, na'arot, so she could know when Shabbat, merely means so she can keep Shabbat. That's what she can know when Shabbat is. This allowed her to keep the Shabbat. Otherwise, she would be exposed. So that's what it means. Another explanation the Benish Chai explains over here is that, of course, she knew when Shabbat was. However, she made the rotation that the na'arot will always come at sunset. Because they put her in a room. There was no window maybe in the room. So how is she going to know exactly when Zman Shabbat enters? She wants to know the time. So she told the na'arot, okay, your rotation is at sunset. Always every day another one uh, comes. So she knew on the seventh day at sunset when the new na'arot would show up for our uh, job. She said, oh, Shabbat is here. Not that Shabbat is today. I know Shabbat is today. But she wanted to know the exact uh, moment. So that's how she knew exactly when today is. So they treated Esther differently. So the Gabriel is going to explain different interpretations. How did they treat Esther differently? Three explanations. One interpretation is they fed her kosher food. So they treated her differently. They have to say, what do you mean? Did they know she was Jewish? No, but they wouldn't you know, give the tzaddik a stumbling block. So somehow, uh, kosher food uh, got there. You have to say also that she knew that the food was indeed kosher, for whatever, uh, for whatever uh, however they did it. Shmuel Amar, Sheikhila, Kadle, Dehazire, Aminan. According to Shmuel, Yebeshaneha. All the other Jewish ladies, they fed kosher. But the Esther, they fed Kadle, Dehazire, is pig. Right? The fat of the pig. Tosfot says over here, Don't think that uh, she ate it. But uh, that's what they served her. From Rashid Masma, she ate it, and she had no choice because she was Anusa. She had no choice. Others explain, think the Aruch is, Hazre is not pig. He says, Hazre is Milashon Hazeret. Hazeret is a lettuce. So they fed her heads of lettuce. Heads of lettuce, alright, she can eat. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Zir'oni. No, Vaishaneha. They gave her something different. What did they give her? Zir'oni, which is uh, seeds. Omer, like we see him by Daniel. Other tzaddikim, they were fed seeds. She's when Daniel was uh, by Nebuchadnezzar. What is he going to eat? The food's not kosher. So they fed uh, them, actually, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, Azariah, I should say. They were fed zir'onim. See, so you see this Ma'achat Tzadikim. So just like they were fed it, you can assume that Esther was given the same thing like the Tzadikim are given. The Benish Highlands from over here, Anacha, and the Chot Purim, Mikan, there's a Minhag on Purim to eat Zeronim. Why? To eat seeds. Like uh, pumpkin seeds or something like that. Why? Or he actually says Sabusak. Why? Because they have the, uh, I guess they have the Simpsom uh, on top of it. Why? Because that's what they fed uh, the Tzadikim and Bapurim itself. We celebrate the miracle. So therefore the Menachas to Yisrochonim. Shisha Chodashim Meshem Amor. That says she was in the uh, beauty house preparing to see the king. It was a six month situation. So six months they were uh, anointing her with what's called Shemen Hamor. So the Gemara says, my Shemen Amor. Satechet is the balsam. What's so special about the balsam oil? Okay, so there was a different type of olive oil that did not grow a third of its growth. What's the benefit? He says no. This olive oil uh, concoction that they make that did not bring a shlish, that did not grow yet a third of its growth, is called anpikinun. That's not Shemin Amor. It's called Al-Pekinun. And what was the benefit? Why would they anoint a person with it? It takes off the hair. It's like a depilatory. And causes the flesh to, the skin to glow. It gives a shine to the flesh. So it's my local. Was it balsam or was it uh, Al-Pekinun? What type of oil did they give her? So at night, the woman would come to the palace. Yeah? And in the morning, they would go back to the, to the house. So back to the uh, place where all the uh, contestants were staying. Amar Yohanan, meaning from the from the genut, from the uh, degradation of uh, his illicit behavior. You see, every night he was with another uh, uh, girl. 
And in the morning he would send them back. From the genut of the Rasha, you see uh, one item that he's praised, praised for. And what is that? At least he had a certain sinirut. That what? He was not mishamish mitab bayom, it's ba'irim. He did it at night, which is again, like we said, a more uh, modest uh, inyan. But the Esther no set fein. It says Esther found favor in everybody's eyes. Amar bin Azam and Lamech and Kol Echad Vechad and Betan Lo Keumato. Everybody thought that Esther was from their denomination. The Parsim said uh, she's Parsi. Uh, the, uh, the the Hodu people said she's uh, Hodu. She's from Hodu. And the the, the uh, Kazdim said she's from the Kazdim. Everybody thought. She's this. She had a, a universal look. So therefore, everybody says she found favor in everybody's eyes. That's what it said. It says everybody. But Why did Borei Olam arrange it that she should be taken in the coldest month of the year? Because that's when the bodies enjoy each other. Because it's so cold outside, so the body heat is beneficial. So Borei Olam wanted Esther to get into the palace to become the queen. So therefore, as Ashtoros Hana'a is much greater in Tevet. Because there's Hana'a from the goof to the goof, the body heat. So that's why it happened in Chodesh Tevet. He loved Esther more than all these ladies. Right? And he, he loved from all the betulot. Now, one pasuk calls her nashim, all the ladies. When you say nashim, it means she was already, she had the bi'ah already. When it says betulot, that means she was a virgin. So make up, was Esther from the nashim or was she from the betulot? So the Gibbard Amara, bikesh tatom ta'am betula ta'am. Ta'am be'ula ta'am. Which is whatever Hazaros wanted to feel, she wanted to feel the feeling of betula. Esther felt like a betula. The feeling like a be'ula, like a nashim, she felt. That's why Esther was loved by Hasmeros. It was ta'am betula and ta'am uh, um, be'ula. That should be pointed out that you have to say over here, what do you mean? She wasn't a betula. She was married to Mordecai. You said, we just said that she was married to Mordecai. So here you have to say that Mordecai made just a kiddushin. He didn't consummate the, the marriage uh, completely. And uh, according to this opinion, at least, because, uh, what do you mean? She was a betula. She was not a betula bichlal. So I have to say that there was um, there's, uh, this is the way that there was, uh, uh, like we said, sometimes betula, sometimes betula. And the Zohar says, like we said, on Shabbat, that she, was a, she would never go into Hasverosh directly. According to the Gemara, it's not mashma like that. But according to the Zohar, she sent a shed into Hasverosh, which looked like her. But it really was not her. But again, that's not mashma from the Gemara. Again, it says the king made a big party. So all these things that the king Hasverosh is doing now is in order to entice Esther to give us her denomination, where she comes from. He made a big party. At the party, uh, he's introducing his wife. So he's thinking, okay, now Esther has a big announcement to make. She's going to tell us where she's from. The Pasuk says, She did not reveal. Okay. Which means, he took off the tariffs. There was a certain tariff that everybody had to pay. So she said, I'm taking off the tariffs. Okay, now she's going to tell us where she's from. There was a pressure. What? She did not reveal Shadar gifts, which means it says He starts sending out checks, entitlements, and gifts to all the people. So this is over here in the zechut of the new queen. Esther of Balkan. Now she's going to tell us where she's from. She did not say. So now had a plan. You know what? Hasveros went and he called the maidens back. Meaning he said, the contest isn't over. We have more contestants. He figured, make her jealous. Because she doesn't want to lose her position. And therefore she'll admit, where did he get this advice from? So the Gemara says, He got this advice from Mordechai. We know the rule. A lady, she only has jealousy from the Yerich of her, uh, of her friend. See, that's where the jealousy really stems. Who is she with? And therefore, she's going to find out that you're looking maybe at somebody else. Then already she'll do whatever you want. And still she did not reveal the khtib. And Esther Magedet Molata. Amar bin Azar. My khtib. So one more keta. Lo yigra mit tzaddik. Enough. Which means, Bore Olam does not take his eyes off the tzaddik. In order to give him the right reward that he deserves. She's Bore Olam pays back the tzaddikim. Whatever they deserve, they get. Now where do you see this from? So, yeah, even if it's going to be years later. 
But Borela makes sure that the score is settled, that the tzaddikim get what they get. So look at this interesting piece here. B'skut sini'ut shayta babbe rachil. Rachil menu was called a tzanua. She was a tzanua. She was a modest lady. In the zikhut of the modesty of Rachel, zakhta v'yatsa mimena sha'ul. So we see over here that what? The modesty of that was paid back. She ended up having a descendant that came out of her. Binyamin was Rachel's son. And Binyamin came. Shaul. And what? The Sini'ut of Rachel begat Shaul, who was also with Sanua. And the Sini'ut of Shaul and which we'll see, begat Esther, who was also with Sanua. So you see what? Sini'ut begets Sini'ut. So the line is again, Rachel, Shaul, Esther. Common language in all of them? Sini'ut. Now we have to see what the Sini'ut was. Where, where do you see it? So Gabra says, Umayt Sini'ut ayta ba Rachel. What was the Sini'ut that Rachel had? Dikhtib. Vayagid Yaakov Rachel, ki ahi aviyahu. When Rachel and Yaakov met. So Yaakov says, Oh, your father is Lavan? Uh, that's my brother. Ki ahi avia, which means ki ahi avia, which is he said. Yaakov tells Rachel that uh, he is her father's brother. Now Yaakov was not Lavan's brother. Yaakov was Lavan's nephew. So Gemara says, "Vehi ahi aviyahu was Yaakov, the brother of Lavan, v'halo ben achot aviyah." Yeah, she was. He was the nephew of Lavan. Ela amar la Yaakov tells Rachel, "Min sevatli, marry me." Amra le'in. So she says, of course, yes. Miu abar ma'ahava. He says, you should know my father is a ramai. My father's a crook. Ve'lo yachalte. You're not going to be able to to overpower him. Amar la. So Yaakov says, don't worry. Ahiv anabramaut. I'm his brother when it comes to trickery. Which means he wants to play with uh, trickery. I'm his brother. Amra le'umishari le'tzedukele tzadikele segubere miuta. She says, what do you mean, are the tzaddikim allowed to uh, trick? He's Lavan, he's Ramai, he doesn't right. care what that guy is. But uh, you're a tzaddik, are you allowed to do this? Amar la'in, says yes, he based it on the pasuk of Teilim. Im navar t'tabar. If you're dealing with pure people, so what? You go the pure way. However, ve'im ikesh t'tabar. If you're dealing with the crooked people, the only way you make a crooked person straight is you deal with them crooked, which means that to make Lavan yashar, you gotta bend, you gotta go also crooked, and we'll, and we'll fix it. So you're allowed to. Good. Amar la, umayra miyuta. So Yaakov says, what are you concerned about? What is his uh, trickery? What do you think he's gonna do? Amra le, eat li ahte ahta de kachishaminai. I have an older sister. Velo minsivli mikamal. There's no way he's gonna let me get married before my sister, my older sister. Masar la simanim. So what did Yaakov do? Yaakov gave over certain signs to Rachel, and that's it. So now it's 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 fair. It's 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 it's, uh, it's uh, you're guaranteed. The night of the wedding, Lavan wants to trick around. Lavan doesn't know the simanim, so therefore he guarantees himself a uh, the right wife. When the night of the wedding came, Amra What's going to happen now? She's going to go into the chupas. She's not going to know the simanim. She's going to get embarrassed. Maslatinu nihala. She gave over the simanim to. Her sister. Says in the morning, when they woke up, behold, she was Leah. But she wasn't Leah until the morning? What do you mean in the morning she was Leah? What about the night before? Which means until the next morning, he didn't know that I was Leah. He really thought it was Rachel. They got the wedding, they have a veil on, they don't say anything. And they're very tsanua, of course. So therefore, you see what? You see that... Uh, now, we have to understand this Gemara. What is it, where was the siniut over here now? This is the big question. Because of the siniut of Rachel, so, so let's see the siniut of Shaul first. The siniut of Rachel, we're going to keep uh, a question here. So Gemara continues. What's Shaul's siniut? What's siniut of Shaul? Oh, this is obvious in Yehud. Kish, the father of Shaul, lost his donkeys. He sends Shaul, go and find the donkeys. They go, oh, he's looking for the donkeys, can't find the donkeys. So finally, somebody tells him, what are you looking for? I'm looking for my father's donkeys. He says, hey, we have a prophet over here. We have Shemuel. Watch go Shemuel and tell you where your father's donkeys are. So he gets to Shemuel. So Shemuel says, okay, we've been waiting for you. This was all a plan to get you to come to me. Congratulations, you are now anointed as the first king of Israel. 
And by the way, your father's donkeys are over there. Okay, good. So now when he comes home, he says, oh, Dad, I found your donkeys. Uh, how'd you find them? Uh, Shimon the Navi told me about them. But he doesn't tell his father that he was anointed the first king of Israel. That's what it's in your oath. That's what I understand what the Siniut is. Meaning, he didn't boast that Siniut in, in speech. That's Siniut in, in, in behavior. Good, I understand that Siniut. Now, what's the Siniut of Esther? We know that. In Esther, Esther is quiet, right? She's modest. If Hazarus is trying to get it out of her, who are you, where do you descend from and all that? He doesn't, she doesn't say, good, I understand that type of Siniut. That's also Siniut in behavior, by not talking. Uh, go back to the question again. Where is the Sinut of Rahel in this story? You want to tell me Ms. Sinut Nefesh, she gave over the signs? I accept. But where is the Sinut? So I'm going to explain to you. The greatness of Rahel was, she gave over the signs to Le'ah. So I'm going to tell you now. And Le'ah never knew about it. She did it in a way where Le'ah never knew what happened. I'll give you very quickly the way the Da'at Zekinim about explains. What were these signs? These signs according to the Da'at Zekinim was Nida Halad Lakatanir. Which means Yaakov Abinu gave Rahel a shi'ur in these three laws. And she was the only one that knows them. So Rahel went over to the Ah, Didn't tell her these are signs. Just said, by the way, you know, I'm going to teach you Hiddush. That I learned. This is the laws of Nida. This is the laws of Halad. This is Halad Lakatanir. Divrei Torah. And the ah accepts the information. The night of the wedding, Yaakov Abinu says, uh, I want to ask you a question. The, the laws of Nida, how many days is there uh, Tum'ah? And the ah says, <laughs> Unbelievable. I just, uh, I just, she doesn't know this is an entrance exam. She doesn't know that this is, if she doesn't get the right answer, she's out. She just thinks Yaakov Abinu Sadiq. I only talk to the Torah. How many minutes before sunset, uh, the light? And, you know, do you ever hear this? Yeah, as a matter of fact, 18 minutes. <laughs> no, you know, she knows. Finish. So she has no idea what the hell did. The ra'aya that it's like this, mean two ra'ayot. The ra'aya is, Reuven comes back from the field with Dudaim, with the Jasmine, with the, uh, the aphrodisiac. So now, uh, Rahel sees the Dudaim, these items are good for fertility. So she comes to Le'an and says, Please, could you give me some of the Dudaim? So Le'an looks at Rahel. And says, It's not enough that you took my husband. Now you want to take the Dudaim? What's that, what's that saying? Le'ah took her husband? What are you talking about? If anything, Le'ah didn't take the husband. You took my husband. That means, for all these years, Le'ah had no idea what Le'ah did for. She's thinking, hey listen, I was married to him. He married me. So what do you, what you, what you, you already came in as a second wife. Who asked you to, it's not enough, you, you, you made me share my husband. Now at that point, Rahel could have said, okay, listen, my dear sister, I have a secret to tell you, by the way. It's time to settle the score, by the way. You know, this, is, this is the final straw. She's now already your claims against me? You tell me, I took your husband? Remember that night when uh, you were getting tested? That was a test. That one stammed the Torah. If you didn't know the answers, you, and I gave you those answers because Rahel don't say anything. Rahel keeps quiet. That's the siniut, which is exactly like the siniut of Shaul in speech, and the siniut of Esther. Now look at this. All this is Mirumaz in Rashi. Look at Rashi over here. Rashi says over here. Look at the Rashi Dibura Matheil Masatan Lelea. That even Le'ad didn't know exactly what was happening. And because of that Sini'ud came the Sini'ud of, uh, of uh, Shaul, which eventually the Sini'ud of the The Gemara continues. When a Kadosh Baruch Hu decrees greatness unto a person and he gives greatness to a person, so he gives it not only to him but to his children and to his grandchildren all the way to the end of the generation. As the Pasuk says, we have a Pasuk in. Iyov, it's the beginning of the pasuk that we started with. It says, Lo yigra' mitzaddik, 
עיניו ואת מלכים לכיסא ויושיבם לנסח ויגבהו. שזה פסוק סופרנו, קדוש ברוך הוא פייס לצדיק, he rewards him for eternity. ויושיבהו לנצח. It is an eternal payment and he elevates him. ומגיס דעתו, however, if the person becomes arrogant as a result of his blessing, הקדוש ברוך הוא משפילו. בורא עולם, lowers him. שנאמר, ואת אסורים בזיקים. So what does this mean over here? So the way the Mephashim explain it, that she, in the right column, v'migiz d'ato, hachi samche k'rae, v'yoshivim l'anesach, v'yigbahu. So the Bodeh Olam will place them for eternity and elevate them. V'im asurim bezikim, al yedeh shemagbihim atzmam, ba'im nideh aniyut v'yisurin. So he's done the pasuk like this. V'yoshivim l'anesach kama. ויגבהו, and if they uh, elevate themselves, ויהם אסורים בזיקים. Then בורא אולם will bring to them יסורים. לשיש דנים דבר יסורים of his מלשון יסורים. בורא אולם bring them affliction. The Masha explains over here that the word אסורים is מלשון אסור, יסור, which means if he elevates himself and does something that is יסור, uh, so then already he's going to be punished or lowered. Then he comes to זיקים. That is a punishment. We're going to lower him. Comes the Gemara and says, "Ve'et ma'amar Mordechai Esther osa." Esther followed the word of Mordechai. What does it mean? The word. The pasuk should say she followed the commandment of Mordechai. What does it mean? The word of Mordechai. Amar b'dimiyah shaitam v'ed dam nida lachamim. Yeah, we said that since she was married to Mordechai. She needed to show her blood when she became nida marot. She had different bloods. I have to know if it's uh, dam nida or is it if it's dam tahor. So she would listen to Mordechai. Meaning Mordechai would say, "You have to check this uh, by the hakamim." So therefore, it's maamar Mordechai. She listened to the maamar, which is the words of Mordechai, that she should go check to make sure the dam is. Okay, it should be noted as well that they would tzaddikim, she would show them nida lachachamim. Mordechai himself would not look at the dam, because since he was, I won't say biased, but since it's his wife, so he didn't want to make a ruling on uh, the dam nidut of his wife, even though according to the halakha it's permissible, but he was mahmir. So she would show dam nida lachachamim. She would show it to the other rabbis, so they would make the uh, proper ruling. Kasher aita be'omna ito. Says just like uh, when when she was raised by him. Be'omna means raised. Mordechai raised Esther. Amar Abba Lema Shaita Omedet Mehekos Shel Hashverosh VeTovelet VeYoshemet Mehekos Shel Mordechai. So the Gemara says over here the practice of Esther was she would get up from being with Ahasuerus, she would go to the Megveh, and then she would go back to Mordechai. She was constantly going back from Mordechai and uh, Ahasuerus. So, uh, with this, Rashi says, V'tovelet, Mahmat Nikiyut. The Tevilah over here, I mean, what's the Tevilah? She's, it's just a cleanliness Tevilah. Shelotim me'usal as-sadik v'shkivatot shel Ahasuerus. We know already she went to the Megveh for Nida. But this Tivilavira, she says, besides the Tivilavnida, any time she was with the Hashverosh, she just went to the Megveh for cleanliness, and it's to before she went back with Mordechai. Now, the Tosafot over here has a major question. Tosafot says, Ve'im Tomar, Ve'ha lo haya sham avchanad shelosha chodashim, Shareh bechol yom haya otor asha matzu yitzra. Let's assume that Esther was uh, taken by force. So therefore she's not forbidden to Mordechai. So normally if a lady goes with another man, she becomes forbidden to her husband. So first of all you have to assume that, if the assumption is fair, that Esther was taken against her will, therefore she considered Anusa, therefore she's not forbidden to her husband. But Alakha said that she, if she was with another man, she has to wait three months before she go back to her husband, just to make sure 
uh, if she's pregnant, who the baby is from? She's, she's going to constantly go back and forth every single day, and she's pregnant. You're not going to know is the baby from Mahasvedos or is the baby from Mordechai. So you wait three months, and then already you can see if she's uh, pregnant or not. Then you already know where the baby is coming from. Tosfot says, what does it mean? She would go from here to there. It's Mahasvedos. She didn't wait the three months. So Tosfot says, When she had the Tashmish, she was Mishamish Bemoch. Bemoch is like she put a, uh, uh, <coughs> a cloth inside. And therefore, she couldn't get uh, pregnant. So therefore, there was no she'ela. And the simple interpretation is that she was with Ahasuerosh. And therefore, there was no she'ela that she was pregnant from Ahasuerosh. And that's why she would be able to go back to Mordecai. That's the Tosafot's answer. It should be noted, uh, Tore Eben has a uh, question. Uh, Tore Eben says, what do you mean? We know that there was Daryavish. Daryavish was the son of Esther. From Ahasuerosh, so she couldn't be mishemeshet bemoch. So because of that, the Torah even wants to learn Tosfot Shayam mishemeshet bemoch with Mordechai, in order that uh, you have no problem of the Abchana. Uh, 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 so that's a machloket how to learn Tosfot when it says Shayam mishem mishemeshet bemoch either with Ahasuerosh or Mordechai. It should be noted. The Hida in the Birkei Yosef, he doesn't understand the question Bechlal of the Tosafot. He says that a Anusa does not have to wait three months at all. Because when a lady is Anusa, usually she turns over right away in order that the, the Zera is not uh, collected. She doesn't want to get pregnant. And therefore he says the Halakha is that since she's Mehapechet Atzma Bishat Tashmish, even Bishat Tashmish, so therefore you don't have to, you don't have to wait, uh, you don't have to wait at all. So that, Takes away the Tosfot's question from the uh, from the inception. In any event, the Gemara continues. So Mordechai is sitting in the uh, courtyard, and Bektan Vateresh plotting against the king to kill him. Amar of Chayyab Rabba, Amar of Yohanan, Hiksif, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Adon, Al Abadav, La Atzot Retzon Tzadik. In one situation in history, Hakadosh Baruch Hu angered. Adon, the master against his servants, in order to fulfill the will of a tzaddik. And who's that? Umanu Yosef. What was the case? Shneemar v'sham itanu na'ar avri. Boreolam kos par'o. To get angry at the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Ofim. So they'll go to jail. And eventually they'll be the go-between to get Yosef out of prison. That was the to do to the son of the tzaddik. They went into prison. They had dreams. Subsequently, Yosef interpreted their dreams. As a result, eventually, he came out of jail. In another situation, the Gemara says, Avadim aladonehem la'asot nesta tzaddik. And in another situation, Borei Olam caused servants to get angry at their master in order to do a miracle to the tzaddik. Who was that case? Umanu Mordechai. The Sadiq in this case is Mordechai. Dikhtiv, Vayivada Dava le Mordechai, which means the uh, event that Victim Vatarish wanted to kill the king became evident to Mordechai, and that was eventually to make a miracle for Mordechai. As a result of him saving the king's life, so eventually the king owed him a favor and eventually a miracle took place. So Borea Olam in one generation he makes the Adon get angry at the Avadim, and another generation the Avadim to get mad at the Adon. Amar Buhanam Bikhtam Vatarish Tarsim. Havu. Their denomination was Tarsim. They spoke the language Tarsi. That was the language that they spoke. They and they were talking to each other. <coughs> Little did they know that Mordechai was overhearing the conversation and that he understood the conversation. What were they saying? Ever since Esther has now come to the uh, palace, became the new queen, queen haven't slept. Why? Why, why? why should the estate affect their sleeping? So that she says, Lord, I shena mitok shaita chaviva ala vayam marbe betashmish vetzamel l'shtot. Hasvaros was drinking all night because he was with Esther all night. He was thirsty, so he kept on telling Big Tam that Teresh, bring me water, bring me water. When it says Shomrei Asaf, so the Mefarshim explained that Asaf is not from Sefil. They were in charge of the uh, pitchers, the waters. So, he says, listen, uh, since uh, Esther uh, came to the palace, our uh, job became very difficult. Now, I was always bringing water to Hasverosh in the middle of the night. So they wanted to kill uh, Hasverosh. 
Bar So the next time we give him the water, let's put poison in the uh, in the pitcher. Kede shiyamut. Then lo ayu yudaim ki Mordechai miyoshved l'shkat gazita. They forgot or they didn't know that Mordechai was a member of the Sanhedrin. And he was a linguist. He spoke 70 languages, including the language that they spoke in the place called Tursi. Tursi was a place. And therefore, he was able to understand exactly what they were saying. So, Bigtan tells Teresh, Which means they had different shifts, the Barashah explains. Bigtan worked, let's say, uh, the morning shift, and uh, uh, Teresh uh, worked the, uh, the night shift. So, he needed uh, somebody to get the poison and uh, prepare it and all that, and uh, the other one's gonna uh, give it to the king. So they would. Uh, this is uh, we need two people, uh, you know, to do the uh, to do the job over here. So Amar Lo Ani Ishmor Mishmartiu Mishmartecha. So he explains over here. He says I'll watch your shift and my shift. So they switched. They, they, they took a double shift according to this Maharsha then. She said, say, Teresh, said, I'll, I'll do my shift and your shift. In the interim, you get the poison, you set it up, uh, and all that. And then it says, after they made an investigation, they found out that it was true. But what did they find out exactly? What did they investigate? They found out that the plot was emit. So it says, They saw that they were not in their shifts. When they saw a Teresh, let's say, the night shift, say, what are you doing over here? It's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be in the morning. As they saw, there must be something was, was going on, because they had the other one involved. That's the way the Masha says, we read over here. He says, Shahad mehma yashomer hatsiyayom, b'shachnit vashnit shomer b'hatsiyah shenit shalayom. Uchte lavi eres, to bring the poison, yasrik ha'ad mehma lalechi yom shalem. Umemelek kashirik echad me'itanu, are lo yeh mishi yishmor b'oto hatsiyayom. So he's all fill in for you. So when he filled in for him, so Mordechai says, go investigate, you'll see it's Emet. Because go look, look, look who's uh, watching the, uh, you know, the gates. So he says, they perished it. So uh, what are you doing? He's supposed to get the morning shift. What are you doing in the night shift over here? Uh, because Big Tan, we, we needed to go and, uh, you know, get the goods. So therefore he's, uh, he's filling in, he filled in for him. So on, that's how they found out. Comes again when I continues. Achar devarim ha'enne. So Amar which means after these items, then already God elevated Haman to the position of power. What does it mean? After what items? After Borei Alam already has prepared the remedy, because we have a rule. Borei Alam does not uh, bring a punishment to Israel unless already he brings the healing. So already, everything was already set up at the motion. Mordechai now was in a good position because the king owed him. Because the king now owed his life to Mordechai. Because Mordechai saved his life with Bigdam Baterish. Esther was in the palace already as a result of the death of Vashti. So all the uh, mechanism of Hatzalah was in place. Now already Mordechai was able to bring the punishment. Which means first... I'm involving in the Rifu'ah of Israel, then I reveal the sin of Ephraim and punish them. That was the opposite. Comes to the Goyim, Goyim get punished, then Borei Olam saves them, or brings the Rifu'ah. And Borei Olam is going to bring punishment to Egypt. First he brings the Negifah, and then he brings the Rifu'ah. Haman did not want to, he scorned the idea to just punish Mordechai, because Mordechai did not bow down there. So you think, okay, just punish Mordechai. No, he scorned the idea just to punish Mordechai. First, he said, you know what, I'll just go after Mordechai. Then he said, you know what, I'm going to get the whole nation of Mordechai. Who's that? Humanu Rabbanan. That means the rabbis, which is the people that are like Mordechai. And then after that, he decided to go after all the Jewish people. So what did he do? He peeled poor who had goral. So he made a lottery, a certain lottery, in order to figure out which day uh, he should make his uh, genocide of the Jewish people. 
Right? According to the, which day, according to the month. So says Tana, Kevachinafal Pur Behodesh Adar, Samach Simhagidola. When the lottery fell out in the month of Adar, he was very happy. Why? Why is the month of Adar a good month for uh, Haman? Amar, Nafali Pur Beyerah Shemit Bo Moshe. Says the lottery fell out in a very unlucky month for the Jewish people. It's the month that Moshe Rabbeinu, their leader, died. Little did he know that Moshe Rabbeinu was not only he died on uh, that month, but he was also born on that month. Well, the death he knew about because it's written in the Torah. It's a very easy calculation, like we'll see now in Nashi. However, his birth... It's not written in the Torah exactly. So we know they put him in a basket, and they put him in the Yamsuf, and he was born three months before that. So you can't really figure out when he was born. You needed Dirasha for that, from the Torah. So Haman was in the Darshan. So he didn't know exactly that it was a, a good month in the sense that Moshe Rabbeinu was born. Others want to explain that, no, he knew that uh, he was born around the same time, but he just thought that he was uh, born at night and died in the day. A day for the Goyim, the, the day for them begins in the day. So therefore he died, let's say, at Zayin Adar by night. So for Haman, that's six Adar. <laughs> so therefore, let's say, he didn't know that he died actually on the same uh, day itself. I'll, I'll explain to you what that means in a second. That means he knew exactly that he died uh, in Adar. Well, I'll explain to you that in a moment. Let's read that sheet for a second. Peshiva Adar met Moshe, second column. Shrei Emar. That's when the Jewish people went into the Yerdin, the Jordan, the times of Yeshua. When did they go into the Jordan with Yeshua? On the 10th of Nisan. Now, well, you got to subtract 30 days backwards that they mourned Moshe Rabbeinu. That takes you to the uh, 10th day of Adar. Now, before they went into Eretz Israel, it says they had to prepare three days uh, provisions. So therefore they started preparing the provisions on the 7th of Nisan to the 10th. So therefore take a month back before the 7th of Nisan so you get the 7th Adar. That's how we know he died from the uh, Torah. Next Hashim. He says, I'm 120 years today. Hayom mil'u yamai ushtotai. Kedai al-edash tekapir al-amita. He says, today I am exactly 120 years old. The, uh, the day that I was uh, born. And therefore, it was a, it's a good day in the sense uh, for the Jewish people that the day of Moshe Rabbeinu is born. There's a great he'ara, there's a great kiddushah in the month itself. And therefore, Haman was not aware of this Now to explain this uh, here It says like this The Maharshah says like this It's written in the Pesukim Like we just explained in Ashi. Avaz from the tenth of Nisan. That's when they went in. Minus three, minus thirty. Avaz mandid that Toshel Moshe Urak midrash hakamim. She darshu ben me'av v'sim shana nuchi hayom hayom melamitzchut barukum b'malish shnotam shesadikim. So the Mitzchak Chumash says like this. Mitzchak Chumash says like this. Shemoshe nolad belel zayin adar umet beyom zayin adar. He was born and died. Ve'aman ta'a kevan she'etzel umot ha'olam. So, really understood. He means he caught him, he knew that he died uh, and he was born in Adar. He just didn't know that it was done on the same day. So it seems, you have to explain like this. If he's born and dies on the same day, so then already, it's like the birth neutralizes the death. Same day. So then already, it's, uh, it's like, uh, it takes away the, uh, the, the, the negative effect, uh, a man's thinking. But once already, it's on separate days, so that the negative effect of Zayin Adar, of the death, was not neutralized by the birth, 
which was done on the same day, so therefore he felt that he can, uh, uh, Amishel is vulnerable. Comes the Gemara and continues. Yishno Amihad. Now he starts to talk to Hasverosh about the Jewish people. He says, Yishno Amihad. There is a uh, nation, one nation. Amaraba. Lekadiyada Lishna Bisha Kehaman. You have to know. Nobody knows how to talk Lashonara. Lishna Bisha Lekaman. He had a very dirty mouth, very, very negative, cynic uh, uh, person, cynical person. Amarle. Tan Nikhlinu. So he goes and tells the Hasverosh, let's destroy them. Let's destroy Am Yisrael. Which means he wasn't scared of killing Klai Yisrael, meaning from a standpoint of genocide. He's scared of getting retribution from their God. I just don't want God to do to me what he did to my predecessors. For example, to Paro. Which is when uh, Haman's telling Hasverosh, Yeshnu Amehad. Yeshnu can be read as Yeshnu. They're sleeping. Which is they're sleeping from the mitzvot. You don't got to worry. The only reason why he saves them is when they're keeping the mitzvot. Once the army says not keeping the mitzvot, you don't got to worry about any retribution. Amar eat banan. So Ashmeros uh, says, yeah, but they have the rabbis. Which means maybe the common folk are not keeping the mitzvot, but they have the rabbis. Amar am echadhen. They're all the same. That's what it means. Yeshno, they're sleeping. Everybody's sleeping. Am echad. So all this is a really a dialogue between Hasverosh and Haman. Haman says, let's destroy them. Hasverosh says, I'm scared. So Haman answers, Yeshnu. They're sleeping from the mitzvot. Hasverosh says, what about the rabbis? Ad. They're all one nation. They're all the same. The rabbis are in the same boat as them. Says, Shemet Tomar, Kurha ani oseh b'malchutecha. Maybe you're going to ask me, Hasverosh, that I'm going to create a bold spot in your kingdom. Which means, maybe all the Jewish people are gathered all in one area, and if we kill them, so it's going to create like a whole territory of barrenness. You don't want to do that to your kingdom. They're all scattered. There's a couple of thousand over there, a couple of thousand over there. So you're not going to even notice, it's not going to do anything to the, uh, you know, to the geography of the, uh, of the 127 uh, countries, because they're all over the place. Maybe you're going to come along and say that there's a benefit that you get from them. For example, maybe like uh, taxes and things like that. Which means they're like a pit, like a mule. They're like a mule that what? That does not have uh, uh, offspring. The way the Marsha understands this is maybe we'll have an idea, we'll seclude them into like a ghetto. We'll put them all into a Medina. We just to, to isolate them from everybody else. That she learns a little different. She says, maybe there's a Medina of them, which means, and you're worried that you're going to have to get rid of one of your provinces. Marsha doesn't like that because we, we went through that already. Which means, he said, maybe I'm going to bold, you're worried about making a bold spot amongst uh, your uh, country. He said, no, they're all scattered. So therefore, maybe we'll put them in a Medina, and uh, you know, we'll isolate them. They're all over the place. How are you going to isolate them? They're everywhere. They're in every Medina. And therefore, it's going to be hard to gather them up, to put them in a private, in a private area. Their laws... Their religion is different from all nations. First of all, they don't eat from our food. They don't marry our girls. Don't they let their girls marry us. And they do not even follow the king's laws. They spend the whole year saying Shehipei. What does Shehipei mean? Shabbat Hayom, Pesach Hayom. Which means the Jews never want to go to work. Anytime there's work to be done, you tell the Jewish guy, uh, I need you to do uh, some work for me. Uh, so I don't work. Shabbat Hayom, I don't go to work. And then you tell, okay, can you do it uh, next week? No, Pesach Hayom. Pesach, I don't work Pesach. Jews always give excuses that they don't work. So he's speaking uh, bad to the king. The Mephashim bring down, Imam was such an al he didn't even want to say the word Shabbat. He didn't even want to say the word Pesach. 
because he knows according to the Zohar, uh, Shabbat is the name of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, and all these names Pesach, there's different Shemot. It's a very very holy names, and by saying the names themselves, you can bring down a Berachat Am Yisrael. So instead of saying Shabbat Yom Pesach Hayom, he abbreviates and says they spend the whole day with Shehi Pehi. It's not worthy for the king to to leave them. They achlu v'shatu because what do they do all day? They eat and they drink umbazu le lemalka. And what do they do? They humiliate the king. How? Let's say a fly would fall into one of the uh, cups. Guys drinking wine, one of these Jews. A fly falls into the cup of wine. What does he do? Zorko veshoteu. He takes out the fly and he drinks. But if my, the master, the king of Hasverot, he just touched the cup of the wine. Uh, they say, oh, yeah, The guy touched it. What do they do? They throw it on the floor, they throw the wine, they break the cup. So he's trying to show them, you're worse than a fly. A fly they take out and they drink. But uh, uh, you're worse. The, the Rosh over here is a famous Rosh. He's in Hulin. He says that from the Edut of Haman, you see the Halakha. That what? That something that's cold does not osir tafshir. The fly... That falls into the wine, the halakha says what? If you take it out, you can drink the wine. The halakha is not recommending you to drink such wine. But it's not asud. Because the fly, since it's cold, it doesn't give ta'am into the wine. So you see halakha from the testimony of Aman. It's brought down. Im'ala melech tov, yikadev le'abedam. So it says, if the king sees it fit, you should write to destroy them. Ba'aseret alafim kikar kesef, and Haman offers to pay... 10,000 silver talents in order to get the job done. God obviously saw in the future that Haman was going to offer many shekalim, 10,000 talents, in order to destroy Israel. That's why God preempted our shekalim. To neutralize his shekalim. Ve'ainu ditnan be'had be'adar mashpeim al shekalim ve'alakil ayim. As we know, on Rosh Chodesh Adar, Beitin starts to announce the mitzvah of shekalim that every Jew has to give half a shekel, and also the laws of kil ayim. That's when the uh, fields start to produce their products, and sometimes you have kil ayim. You have two uh, products. You have wheat and let's say grapes that are next to each other in the field, and therefore you have to go out and make sure that you pull out any mixture of these seeds that you do in Adar, because that's when the budding starts. But what do you also announce? Shekalim. Why are you announcing the Shekalim? Because that's already the month. Why Borela make it in Adar? In order that we should neutralize the Shekalim that Haman tried to uh, accomplish to destroy Israel. Amen, amen.